This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues and ideas that shape our lives with your guide, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Well, Matt, things are a little different today. It's just you and me. I know. Stuart's while the cat's away. Um, We've been we're going to take something really controversial today. <laughs> I feel like we've been left unsupervised. I'm sitting in Stu's chair. Uh, I'm, in, good. I'm in control of the tech. I feel like we could have a muck update today. Yeah, we could. But you've got a really good, really interesting topic that you've proposed today that I think uh, flows well mm. out of a lot of the things that, that we've, been, we've been talking about. What's mm. on your mind? So I think... We're going to have a conversation around prosperity. Yeah, you think? I think that's what we're going to do. But we'll see never, where we go. Well, th- that's what we've sort of yeah. had a bit of a chat about and where we actually end up, I'm not sure. But for a bit of that context around it, you know, we've got different things out there like prosperity doctrine yeah. that's in the church. Whether or not you buy into prosperity doctrine, we'll talk about maybe, I guess, some of the theology behind mm. that and, and having a, a healthy perspective on that. But then bringing it down to what it actually means to us in our, in our life because I think we all carry a sense or even an entitlement mm. towards prosperity. Yeah, it's a good and, word, and entitlement. So, yeah. yeah. Perhaps let's call it a, you know, a prosperity orientation, mm. uh, which would be very difficult not to have in, a, in our culture because yeah. we, we are very much oriented towards that prosperity uh, Orientation that is the that is the trajectory of mm. our culture. To go against that trajectory is very hard. Now it's nothing. Uh, it's really important to underline at the outset today that we're not saying prosperity is a bad thing. Mm. We're not going to advocate what prosperity teachers would refer to as a poverty gospel. Uh, you know, we're not going to glorify poverty, but we are going to look for something that reflects the biblical worldview. So again, we want to take a biblical worldview perspective. And I think show how the biblical worldview does shed light on questions like this. Because one of the problems with this conversation is that it often plucks out verses of the Bible willy-nilly from different parts, and, and it doesn't really acknowledge the story and where we are in the story and the whole, the bigger context. And mm. I think one of the things that we're looking to do over the last little while in these conversations is clarify how a biblical worldview, the big picture... Uh, helps us with some of these questions, which I think was the case last time we talked about guidance. Mm-hmm. And that can, uh, you know, also we can fall into the mistake when talking about God's guidance and so forth of just pulling out proof texts and looking at that from a bigger, big worldview perspective, I think mm-hmm. sheds mm-hmm. Uh, sheds light on this. So this is a this is a big topic. And, and you, you've mentioned an interesting thing there that even though a lot of our listeners may not hold to an outright prosperity gospel, and we'll define that yep. in a moment. Yep. Yep. Uh, yet there is this prosperity orientation that we might describe as a kind of entitlement. That is a problem, I think, uh, within the evangelical church uh, in our culture specifically. And well, it's it's very much informed or, yeah. or compelled by elements in our culture. Well, I think, it's more than that. Like, it's kind of like we're completely embedded in a prosperity mindset in mm. our culture from the moment Good we're born in it. this world. Yeah. You know, that's that's the journey that we're yeah. on. It's, it's all about accumulating and competing mm. and succeeding and, and having, the, having the stuff to show 
for it to yeah. other people to be able to for ourselves to feel successful yeah. and and wealthy. So yeah. it's 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 in us anyway as a, a mindset that's completely ingrained in, into the core of us. And yet, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about mm. over these last months, really going back, is is that whole sense of that within us. There's a there's an agenda within us in our false self. You know, mm. our ego needs to be massaged. We need to. It, there's a lot of factors involved in it, isn't there? <laughs> and, and, and there's our own physicality. We want to feel pleasure yeah. and we want to be entertained. And we've, all the things that we've talked about are all trying to give us a hit mm. that I would kind of lump into that to the bucket that is prosperity, the things mm. that we think we need to feel prosperous. Yeah. So if we're going to overcome it, that, that's a big, mm. big part of our nature that we've got to kind of dial back in yeah. some way. And one of the things that we've emphasised over the weeks uh, of doing this is helping us to think in a discerning way about our culture from a biblical worldview perspective. And what you bring up there is is important because sometimes we can really under-recognise how strongly we are influenced by the flow of our culture. You know, we can think that I'm paddling against the flow but maybe not enough. Like the flow mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. strong, you know. And and as you say, we're embedded in mm-hmm. this in this cultural flow, and it's often easy to not really recognise how much we are influenced by it. And this is why we've got to keep coming back to the biblical worldview. This is why I just think it's so crucial for people to find themselves in the biblical story. It's not enough just to know verses. Uh, to know bits and pieces, what is required is an embeddedness in the biblical story as a whole, the big picture. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we'll talk a bit mm. uh, about today. Let's start by talking about the prosperity gospel in case people, I'm sure people are, are, are aware of this, but I mean, it's been caricatured a bit as well. And in fact, some of the leading proponents are slightly caricatures, aren't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the sort of Kenneth Copeland's yep. uh, of, of the world that are yep. uh, you know, some of the most obvious proponents, uh, you know, Benny Hinn was a big uh, proponent uh, of this. Uh, he apparently swung away from that, recognised, you know, that it was a mistake. Yeah. This this stream, uh, the prosperity gospel stream was actually quite uh, strongly influenced by it's, it. There's an under undergirding view of faith uh, that empowers this view. And uh, it's actually this movement is probably more correctly defined as the word faith, word of faith movement. And in a, a previous episode, we talked about a deeper faith. And and, mm. and so, you know, we, we sort of addressed what does faith really look like? It's not about, it's not this power that enables you to always get what you want. It's actually the best biblical definitions of faith look like people are trusting God when they don't get the things that they want. That's actually the deepest yep. form yep. Uh, of faith. And yet, there's a there's a movement out there that promotes faith as a as a kind of power, a little bit like you know we talked about manifesting from that book, The mm-hmm. Secret, Rhonda Byrne book, mm-hmm. The Secret, and mm-hmm. that's been around for a while. It's the power of positive thinking. Uh, it, it came out of the positive thinking movement. Norman Vincent Peale was a, a key proponent of that. It's associated with Christian Science, you know, the mm-hmm. Christian Science reading rooms that yeah. you see around the place. Mm-hmm. They hold to this idea of faith as this power of 
shaping reality according yeah. to a biblical it's ideal. Like this idea of speaking to the universe or making the universe do what we want it. Yeah, that's to right. Do. You know, yeah. so um, you know, they say that you know when God spoke the universe into existence, that that was the power of faith, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at work, and we can also exercise this power. And so the uh, the roots of this movement come. Uh, sort of flowed in from that uh, from that direction, and you know became quite influential in uh, particularly in Pentecostalism for all of its uh, for all of its strengths, and and you know I'm, I very much find myself uh, very willingly as mm. a beneficiary of yeah. the charismatic revivals yeah. uh, that occurred from the early uh, 1900s, and again in the you know the 70s and and so forth, where you know our church was very much uh, built. You know, in its present form during that time, and a you know, great outpouring of God's Spirit, which was wonderful. This movement, there's been this sort of parasitic influence in this in this movement, uh, this influence from this pr- prosperity uh, gospel, which you know, which has advocated this idea of you know, faith is this sort of power, and and so then that that has that led to this idea, and it based on a lot of Old Testament examples, the blessings and curses in Deuteronomy twenty eight to thirty. Where God says, you know, if you obey me and trust me, if you trust and obey, you'll be wealthy, healthy, and prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, you'll be cursed and all the rest. And uh, and then examples like you know Abraham and mm. and 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 so forth. And so so they build a prosperity gospel, you know, on some of these sorts of mm. examples. And it's a, I mean, I've I've heard uh, prosperity, you know, teachers say things like, you know. You know, when you go into a car yard, if you don't buy the most expensive car in the car mm-hmm. lot, you you you've, you lack faith. Yeah, you know, and I've heard that. there's a lot of uh, you know the theology of sowing and reaping. You know, if you give, if you give this, God will give you back a hundred and hundredfold. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these prosperity teachers uh, became quite wealthy. Mm. You know, they they often you know talking about how many foreign offices they have had. had you know, Jesse Duplantis talk about you know had all these foreign has all these foreign offices and mm. planes and yep. and, and whatever and and you know that that's a sign of you know God's blessing and you can have this mm-hmm. too if you yep. you know if you apply the principles that that I mm. apply. So they often base this on principles, you know, and it's principles of sowing and reaping and yep. and so forth. Now, of course. That, that's a that's a sort of crude summary. I think. Is there anything else but, that you've but, noticed but, about the movement? That- well, you can say that you can see how that comes about. And it's, it's not necessarily that they set out to move into that kind of deception, but there's a sense of, well, it's it's not absent from the Bible the idea that God does want us wants to prosper us. That's right. Know? There are elements of truth so, in this, and we'll, so we'll point this there's out. There's elements yeah, yeah. of truth in there, so you can see how they get there, and also logically, you think, well, everything belongs to. To God, why wouldn't God want to bless us with with yeah. all these good things? So, in a, in a, from a human sense, you kind of think, well, it kind of makes sense, mm. really. And the fact that God wouldn't want us to have those sorts of things, um, whether it's things or experiences or or health, why would God not want to bless us with those things? Mm. So, it's a natural place to land. But I think when we follow the the way that that sort of movement grows, it does turn into a kind of an ego thing and it really runs off the rails as you, as mm. you're then actually moving people in my view, that's moving people away from the actual truth of yeah. the gospel and who God is into something that is, is a kind of a 
false version of it and and people are chasing the wrong things and just setting them up to be disappointed and for God to kind of intervene at some point and lead them back into a, a, a proper understanding. But, yeah. but the, I, the amount of pastoral, let me say this, the amount of pastoral wreckage that, that, that yeah. I've had to deal with as a result of people yeah. getting into this stuff, I, I, I've lost count of of the number of sort of conversation or number of situations, I should say, mm. where this has led to some serious, mm. uh, some serious wreckage. And, and I'm also, I think it's important also to say that I'm, the people who teach these things, I'm sure they're sincere. I mean, that, you know, mm. they've, they've become quite successful that they put that success down to God's blessing. And, you know, let's not deny that absolutely God yep. blesses us. Uh, and, and, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the elements mm-hmm. of truth. So I'm not going to deny that they're that they're sincere, and I'm not going to make any judgments uh, about that. Yeah. And people might object that, oh, you know, you shouldn't talk about other people's ministries yeah. and and uh, and so forth. Isn't that being very mm-hmm. judgmental? Well, I, I'm I'm not going to make any comments mm. about those yeah, people good. or whether they're you know, but. I, we do need to be discerning about teaching. There's so yeah. much in Scripture about yeah. that. And I, I do think they are very, very clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, I think the majority of, of sort of mainstream evangelical yeah. teachers would say as much. That's not that's mm. not even a particularly yeah. controversial yeah, right. uh, position. Um, so we do need to be discerning uh, about, the, about the teaching. Now, the parts that they get right... Uh, of course, it's a lot of it's based on the you know the goodness of God and God is a good father and yeah. you know if if you know Jesus says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give mm. uh, good gifts to you I mean he actually in in the version in Luke of that saying uh, he says how much more will, will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit mm. to those uh, who ask which is an interesting interpretation of the version in Matthew uh, because Matthew just says good gifts but. In Luke's gospel, it, there's an in, interpretation of that, like right. j- lest we think okay. that the good gifts, it's just like all good stuff. You know, the the, the good gifts uh, are understood by Luke in a in a you know more spiritual sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes, absolutely, God is good. God blesses us. Uh, you know, God He gives generously to His children. I don't want to deny that. I I, I feel very blessed by God. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Let's let's give God the credit for for the blessings that we have in our lives. I don't mm. want to take away from that at all. Mm. Um, I feel that God has blessed me far more than what I warrant, and so so there's no question yeah. about that. That God does bless us. The problem, Connell, is when uh, when that becomes a matter of entitlement. When I feel I'm entitled to be blessed to the point that I get shocked. When I experience loss uh, of, of, of some kind, yep. I remember one of the prosperity teachers commenting on that that moment in Job, when Job says, "The Lord gives and the Lord takes away." May the name of the Lord be praised. And this prosperity teacher was saying, "Well, that's a sign of his lack of faith. That was the problem right. with Job, yep. because he says the Lord gives, but the Lord never takes away." That mm-hmm. was his comment right, uh, okay. in that message, not mm. that I ever have listened to lots and lots no. of messages, pro- pro- mm. prosperity teachers, but enough yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> enough to, to hear things like that. But actually, you know, what Job is declaring there is, you know, is something that we all experience, you yeah. know, that l- life involves uh, gain and loss, yeah. but there are core things in the midst of this that we do not lose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the spiritual gifts of God, you know, the Holy Spirit. 
that that God gives us, you know, we're never separated from the love of God. But this is where we need to put yeah. ourselves because in the story. As you say, life has, has loss in it as well as gain yeah. and, and blessing. In if we just focus on the prosperity side of it, then when that loss comes along, what are you going to do with that? And I suspect that's probably where where most of those pastoral conversations and yeah, wash because up there's, a shock. There's, there's a shock. And, and this yeah. is where the entitlement, I think, shows itself. And can I say, I've found plenty of this in myself. Uh, yeah. A lot of this is something I've had to actually deal with. That's that dealing with this. And, and, and of course, in some senses, I'm always dealing with this. Mm-hmm. But this has been, this has led to really positive yeah. uh, spiritual growth yeah. for me, dealing with the sense of you know, yeah, entitlement so, that I can yeah. carry. One of the things that, that I think shows this sense of entitlement is the sense of shock when things don't turn out the way that we want, mm-hmm. you know, when, uh, you know, when we're not healed, when there's a business failure or when, you know, these things mm-hmm. happen as though, you know, the wind of some other reality blew in mm-hmm. I- into my, yeah. uh, you know, to my heaven yep. uh, that I've created for myself. And this is, this is where the biblical story is important because we don't live in heaven yet. You know, we're, we're not in heaven yet. Yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes is where we are at in this age, that this age is an age of incompletion in the sense. Yeah. Um, we're all going to die, even if you experience the greatest of healings, you're still going to die. The problems with the world are not going to be solved in a decisive way. Yeah. There are plenty of things we can do about that. There are plenty of impact that you know we can have mm. as, as Christians, but the world system yep. is not going to be fixed until the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kingdom is coming in this age. It's spreading throughout the earth. People are being reconciled to God. I don't like any sense of triumph in terms of you know Jesus reigns. Mm-hmm. He reigns over the earth, and His kingdom is coming. Absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at all defeatist, mm. but. The culmination of that work and the final fulfillment we await, you know, Paul says, you know, we who have the first fruits of the spirits groan inwardly as we await that that yeah. moment. Yeah. The placement in the story that's really important. Mm. And of well, course, and, and this is, goes back to the illustration I've used about, you know, that we're on mission, you know, we're like a troop that's been dropped on a, mm. you know, on a hill, yep. go fulfill this mission. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. dropped out of a helicopter, fulfill the mission, I'll pick you up on the other hill. Mm-hmm. I've used that yeah. illustration yeah. many times, which feels extreme, but it I think it does capture the urgency yeah. and the nature of the period that we're in. It does. And I but I think um and I like what you just said before about an alternative reality suddenly blows in. Yeah. Like you you get something happens in life and there's like all of a sudden the wind of another reality blows in, and I think that is actually probably the greater reality. That is reality that because is. we've created this uh, il- illusion of, of that we live in a kind of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've human beings have been trying to remake the Garden of Eden in their own with mm. their own resources. We've talked about that. Too, That's from we? the beginning. Right? Trying to rebuild things right. the way it should be. So heaven making is a is a big aspect of yeah. this. Is what the Tower of Babel was all about. Mm. It's in our nature, right? That's we've right. got it. This is we've got to realize what's in our nature. This yeah. is what we compulsively do. Yeah. You know, so it's not surprising then that that people will find theological justifications for aspects of human nature yeah. for this. Now, and because remember the, the the greatest deceptions are often the closest to the greatest truths. Yeah. 
it's it's that yeah. it's that's why they're so compelling it's why be- this is because they have such they're so close to the truth. This, this is, is a difficult subject because yeah, that's right. Because it's a people, fine line yeah. that we're we're trying to navigate here. It's that's not right. saying this is right and this is it's it's a very grey kind of yeah. Because area. we are establishing, we're bringing in a sense the breath of heaven yeah. to earth. Like we're we're establishing God's kingdom on yeah. earth as it is mm-hmm. in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's different to thinking that we can create a future heaven. We can people can have a taste of that now. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the New Testament, talks about the first fruits of the Spirit, and you know that underlying joy. But we've got to remember that in the New Testament, it's joy despite the external circumstances, yep. and it's a joy that's not about seeing <laughs> the world system or, or, or creating a kind of uh, heaven for ourselves. Yep. Uh, a sort of, well, you know, a kind of humanistic yep. heaven. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think it's, of the well, right way to put this. It's a conjecture of what we think, you know, head to of what prosperity would look like. What would a prosperous world that we mm. want to live in look like? Rather, yeah. it's, it's come, kind of coming out of ourselves. And I think God's version of that is completely inconceivable to us. We get elements of it, but mm. it's it's a pointless, it's not our job to build that anyway, is it? Like to try to create that kind of... So whatever we come up with is probably going to be... Yeah, well, what, what, what we are, uh, what is given to us is, you know, the, the New Testament talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding yep. and, you know, this peace and this joy and and it's 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 given to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and But there's there are also aspects... There's a sense in which, too, as we are restored, we do become more productive human beings. I do mm-hmm. believe that there's a fruit, a, a increasing fruitfulness that's possible mm-hmm. as human beings, an increasing productivity even as we are restored as human beings. So, so I do believe we we can, in one sense, we can be better at at a lot yep. of things. You know, as we're restored, that that does give way to a greater measure of productivity. Now, the question is productivity in the service of what? Uh, and and certainly, you know, I think that can lead to greater prosperity mm-hmm. as lives uh, are restored and we, we become more responsible people and yeah. we become more stable. All of these things can lead, obviously, mm-hmm. to being more successful. But we talk about, you know, the, the peace that the Holy Spirit gives us and so on. But I, I find like... So often, I'm not necessarily satisfied with that in a way. I'll put mm. that I'll, I'll put that out there sort of tentatively because I think there's also something within me that still makes me chase after the other things, as if like that kind of the the peace that I know that I really need, mm. but I get distracted by the world and pulled away and lured away by other things that yeah. that keep flashing up in front of me that kind of draw me away. There's a sense of there's always a pull mm. going on between the two, and maybe, yeah. maybe a better way of thinking about that the way that we build the world or the life that that we want, even in a, in a human sense, is discipline. Mm. Like we actually have to put the hard work in. There's no shortcut. You, you know, you're not going to get healthy unless you act actively exercise and invest in yeah. your health. And that takes discipline and pain mm. and, and so on. I, I guess it's it's similar to that in a way that we actually need the discipline, putting ourselves in a place that allows God to do what he wants in us and allowing him to do that work 
to become the person that he wants mm. to be rather than the person that I think these are the things I want and I just go chasing after them. Yeah. So th- I think the way that God wants to work in us is to develop us to a place where we actually truly value those things yeah. that so, he wants so to it's give a, us. So it's a, there's a character focus there that you're talking about. Mm. You know, the, the development of our character, as I said, you know, there's an increasing sense of discipline and, and uh, the Proverbs, for example, talks a lot about hard work and the willingness to, you know, be committed and and um, and diligent and so forth. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the Proverbs, you know, says that, you know, diligence will lead to prosperity and in different ways it talks about that. And that's, uh, that's very true. We've just got to remember that. Uh, we don't live in a stable world where everything works out all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't live in a world where we're always going to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Now, we should, and I know it seems like, but the fact is in the world, we don't always get the things that are due to us because the world system isn't that stable and the economy's up and down. And, you know, we, we live in a remarkably stable uh, environment in, in, in Australia, in our country, and and uh, but a lot of places in the world are not like that. Mm. In fact, probably most places in the world are not like that, yeah. uh, particularly at the moment. You know, yeah. and and so we, you know, we can easily lose touch with. Yes, while there are elements, you know, there are these character elements that that do hopefully lead people to be more productive. The first thing is is that the goal should it's never be the prosperity not for its the, own sake. Not in the world, not in our view of Because that's a character. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like, I think when I say about work and being productive as a form of prosperity, that's kind of the worldly view of it. But I think there's another thing in parallel, which is um, the, the discipline of allowing God to make us into who he wants us to be, which is a, a model of being prosperous in a life that is quite different to what we probably imagine our prosperity. Yeah, yes, to be. that's right. So it's going to be counterintuitive yeah. to us. It's going to be making us. But I don't want to go that way. You know, I want. But this is the way that. Yeah, that's this right. This is the work that God wants to do, and it's it can be painful and it can be hard and difficult. Not always, but it can be, and that's. But that's the journey that God needs to get us into in order to be in a position where we can enjoy the prosperity that he has in mind for us rather than the one that we have in mind for ourselves, which is probably corrupt. Yeah. So, and, and look, I mean, there's a, there's a natural desire for pleasure and, Mm. and, and for the, what prosperity uh, can bring. The problem with that is that we're longing for heaven uh, and we're wanting to bring that into the present. And it's just we're just not there yet. We're on mission in the world, and so so there's a there's a there's another type, as you just mentioned. Then there's another type of prosperity in this very unstable world that we're meant to be focused on. Mm-hmm. We're meant to be focused on purpose over prosperity, and there's no assurance in this age that we will always reap what we sow in terms of our work for prosperity mm. uh, because this, the world system isn't stable. We're not going to get what is justly owed to us and that, that's problematic, even that yeah. idea, mm. uh, given our, um, yeah. you know, our state, the idea of entitlement is yeah. problematic <laughs> at a number of levels. But look, you know, we just can't be assured that the 
context is stable enough that we're always going to get the things mm. you know uh, owed to us in in that worldly sense. But one thing that is assured is that if we focus on God's purpose, that God's purpose is assured to us. This is the one thing that if we devote ourselves to God's purpose, that nothing will thwart that. Yeah. There are many forces in the world today that may thwart our mm-hmm. pathway to prosperity. Mm-hmm. Even if we, even if we're the amazing business business acumen and and we do everything right, yeah. uh, the, the world system just is not is yeah. not a stable entity. Yeah, absolutely. And and in fact, it's important that we're reminded that that we we still live in the chaos and the dysfunctionality and the world system is is just uh you know while we enjoy some stability now we we just it's imp- really important that we're reminded that this is not heaven now mm-hmm. and when we are reminded that we got to be reminded that the main thing is not prosperity for its own sake though we we are thankful and we enjoy the blessings that God gives us well the lord gives and the lord takes away mm-hmm. in in the sense that the priority uh, for our lives is not that we're prosperous in the worldly sense, but that we prosper in the sense of purpose, yes. uh, that we're fruitful, yeah. uh, that we are fruitful yeah. in God's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess this this brings us back to the biblical story, because, you know, what about those blessings and curses in, in Deuteronomy? It was Is that wrong? You know, if, if you trust and obey God, you'll be prosperous and you'll be blessed. And no, that's absolutely right. And, and in a in a perfect situation, you know, that would work. Remember, you know, God is giving his people uh, in the infancy of the nation. He's giving them the law. He's going to send them into the promised land. Promised land is going to act like a kind of new Eden. You know, a- absolutely. It's also that system of blessing and curses was also designed in the infancy of the nation to work something like uh, the rewards and punishments that we give to our kids to teach them to associate good behavior with blessing, you know, so, you know, we would re- reward our kids uh, when, you know, w- when they're good uh, or, or, you know, you'd put them in time out or whatever your chosen form of discipline was uh, when, you know, uh, when they're naughty and that teaches them to, you know, to associate those, uh, those things with, with their behavior. So look, yeah. my kids are older now. I don't put them in time out anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, my twenty-year-old daughter and eighteen-year-old son. And uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. there are still, you know, uh, there are still some consequences if you spend all your money and yeah. uh, and you know uh, mm. and whatever in, in silly ways. Then uh, you're just gonna. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna struggle for the next well, week, and I'm not always gonna come to the rescue. Well, that's the hard bit about being a parent is leaving your kids to find those lessons. There is in the infancy of the na- of the nation of Israel, there is that point being made of yeah. physical blessings and curses. Mm-hmm. But what you see as as time goes on, you know, by the time you get to the book of Job, at least when the book of Job was written, it tells a story from from another period, of course, but. Uh, and and even the book of Habakkuk in that in that uh, you know period after sort of six hundred, uh, you get this situation where it isn't always working out. And one of the mm-hmm. big questions is, hang on, but this doesn't seem just. This just doesn't seem right. You know, why are the wicked prospering and the mm. and the righteous are not, and so forth. And so things become a little bit more complicated as times move move on. And then once you get to the New Testament, you know, Jesus is really pointing to the fact that this is a life of purpose and it's going to be hard and and you you you're going to need to give 
potentially be willing to give up everything to serve his purpose. This you have, you have to put this before everything else. And yes, God will take care of your needs. You know, there's still this promise of the goodness and the blessing of God. And yet, purpose has to come first. And purpose, as we see in the early stages of the church, actually living and sticking to God's purpose mm. often led Christians to losing everything. Yeah. And Jesus' predictions was that you need to be prepared for that because you don't live in heaven right now. Yeah. And the circumstances of the world are not always going to be conducive to you reaping what you sowed. Yeah. Just pick up the point through what you said about Deuteronomy, about it being a, a progression thing, because I was going to ask, I wonder why that changed where God was blessing you know, as people back in Deuteronomy in that way, and then it's changed as we progress through to the New Testament. But you answered that because, and I almost see that mirrored in our own lives. Like when you first become a Christian, I, I think God's more active in that. Like yeah. the easier things for us to grasp that God gives us some more tangible yeah. things in the first instance where it's easy for us to grab onto and those things are necessary to, to go, God is a good God. Yeah. And, and there's something tangible there. Though. You're right on. That's That was my experience, yeah. Yeah. And then as you sort of progress, you've now got to dig deeper roots. Mm. And God can't be the God who just shows up and gives. The genie. Tan- the genie yeah, in the right. bottle. Yeah. Answers all the things that I want and gives me all the things that I yeah. desire. He then needs to take us into deepening our roots and not treating him that way. And so mm. there's a progression through through the Bible and there's a progression in our own lives in, in, in terms of how we, we approach yep. God. And I think that's that mature. And I think that answers that, that, that question. Um, yeah. Cause we, you know, in, in this age, uh, you know, this is the age of mission. It's really important to keep mm. repeating that. Mm-hmm. This is an age of mission, you know, yep. and Jesus says that you need to put, uh, everything needs to be subsumed under that. Uh, everything is about mission. You know, he will put his people in all different levels of society, and th- there there are some who will be able to acquire enormous amounts uh, of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says to that, you know, he says that make sure you you, you stick with God's purpose, and and you and you know, and, and there are some people who who are going to really struggle, and and there's going to you know, there are going to be Christians in all levels of you know circumstances, mm-hmm. and you know, it's still true that you know God loves to bless his kids and and remind them. I feel like I have constant reminders of God's blessing. And sometimes it's not even things that I need. It's just, oh, wow. Uh, God just knew that I would just love this and he's just mm-hmm. blessed me. But I can never feel entitled to that. That can't be what life is yep. about, yep. Uh, is always having that experience. It's yep. th- These are reminders of just of God's desire just to bless me and God's enjoyment in my mm-hmm. enjoyment uh, of those things. But I need to continually be reminded this life is about purpose Mm -hmm. and I need to put everything, you know, under that head. So that's the progression, the relationship we have with our children. Like when they're younger, you buy them presents and, you you know, you you, you kind of protect them from from bad things happening and, and you just want them to feel excited about the things you can give them and, and, and so on, and you take care of them that way. But as you say, as they get older and they become adults, you take that step back. There's still blessings, things that you bless them with, mm. but you now need to let them navigate 
their own way and allow them to make the mistakes and learn from mistakes. The instinct is to rush in and fix problems. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that's not the right the right thing to do. They need to discover their own ability to, to work through situations and build resilience and yeah. and, and deal with and, – and so naturally even in that relationship there, you can see the same dynamic mm. wor- working out. It's the same thing I think with God is that he needs to take that step back. He still, in, in, he still comes in and he still blesses us. You know, it's not saying that he doesn't – we need to always be aware of the ways that he's, he's blessing us and it's hard – when we're focused on prosperity, because if we if we focus on that, our view of prosperity, mm. we'll always look at other people and feel that they're prospering yeah. more than us, and then feel that we're lacking in in, in some way. So yeah. we always feel dissatisfied with that, mm. um, and actually miss out on the blessings that that God is actually yeah. giving to us. I guess what we've got to be able to do is, if we can remove that as the thing that we're pursuing in life it becomes less of a a less of a thing and i think that's what god wants us to do is to is not pursue those things enjoy them when he gives us blessing but that's not what life is about and it's not what we're supposed to be pursuing now we can actually go well god when god does bless me with something i can feel gratitude for it yeah rather than it's just a fulfillment of the entitlement that i feel or in the sense that I'm catching up with someone else who mm. I think is more prosperous yeah. than me. And a good w- good way to summarise all of that is really to say that God's priority is always our character mm-hmm. and and forming a right character. This is mm. what we want for our kids. You know, we want them to associate uh, certain virtues with you know certain outcomes, and it doesn't mean that they're always assured of those good outcomes. Not in not in this life, not in this world, because you mm. know, um, but there's certainly a greater likelihood of, of great outcomes yeah. for good for good character and yeah. diligence and, and and virtue and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So um, God's priority is is very much our, our character, and it's not it's not on the external circumstances, mm. but in the internal circumstances. It's a character that is you know a character of in, integrity and love and and you know f- faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, your greatest love is what you worship. It's, it's you know, God is looking for worshippers mm. and, you know, people that are given over to his purpose. Yeah. And so my experience is that the way that God has dealt with me, there have been times where God gives and times when God takes away. When I say God takes away, I mean, God has allowed the natural circumstances of life to take things mm. away because mm-hmm. life circumstances have uh, there, there's there's plenty of moments where just the circumstances of life, where you lose you lose out in in life, uh, not because of anything you do, but just because life isn't fair. Mm. You know, it's mm. just the way that it is, and God allows us to feel the sting of that in a yep. lot of uh, occasions. But what I've recognised is how important that has been in retrospect for my character, for the growth in my character, because it's been a wake up call to what's important. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I've when I've been you know, prone to uh, feel entitled uh, yeah. when I've been prone to focus so much on my external circumstances and my lifestyle and, and I've started to find my security in those things. Uh, those losses, uh, those moments of stress, those moments uh, when things aren't going well have reminded me, oh, hang on, 
uh, I need to get back to my trust in God, not trust for things, mm. but trust in God in the absence uh, of, of assurance of anything in the external circumstances. Mm. My assurance is in God, is in God's love for me and the fact that if I'm devoted to God's purpose, uh, then that purpose cannot be thwarted, and that's mm-hmm. what life is about. And that's a character. It's it's God is constantly bringing me back to a, to that those points of character that where I'm embedded in Him, embedded in His purpose, and that level uh, of focus. Yeah, I think everybody can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We agree with that. It's it's hard to get it beyond the abstract into something that we actually live and feel and and truly embrace you know mm. in our life because you know like going back to that analogy that you you have mm. before about the, the mission and we get yeah. chopped on one mountain and we've got to cross and we get picked up on the next mountain and that our mission yeah. is to get across there and carry out our mission and then we'll get yeah, picked yeah. up and taken away and i think it's easy to go well yeah that that that's good oh that that makes sense whether that actually takes hold of your life Mm. And that becomes the model that you're prepared to live your life mm. to, or whether you just think you can hold that as an idea, but still go back and and just live your kind of self-centered, your own agenda in life and pursue prosperity yeah. in your understanding yeah. of what it is. You can hold those thoughts to different models in your yeah. head simultaneously. Yeah. And so how do you make reality actually come in you know and that's where it comes back that wind of another reality that needs to blow into our lives to like that's right because it's not another reality it is reality it is reality you know it isn't and you know i was talking to somebody a little while ago who was starting a business a christian and we're we're just talking about the the business idea that they had and then and they're going this is what god wants me to do and so because God wants me to do it, you know, it's going to be big. It's going to be successful. Mm. And they had total confidence that this is what God mm. was going to do. And I said, well, that may be true. That may well be what God wants you to do. But maybe it's not for you to build a successful business. Are you prepared to accept the fact God wants you to do this because it's going to fail and you're going to be completely bankrupted? And that is the shock that God needs to actually get you from a place of going, of where you actually are able to truly trust in Him. Aren't you the prophet of doom? I love being the prophet of doom. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but it's a confronting reality that that there's there's things that God puts in our life that delivers a shock. Yeah, and I, and I know many Christians have been through that, and and I've heard people say how formative that was, those moments of failure, and w- were for their character. And this brings us back to character. Sometimes uh, things not going well is important for your character because God's priority is always in shaping mm. the character. Man, I'm I, like, if it was always you know wealth and success mm. in everything that that I've done, I would be a spoiled brat. Yeah, really. Uh, the, the most formative moments have been times of the taking away. Mm. And now, equally, it's the experience of the goodness of God as well That's that, that is, is part of this experience. I experience, you know, God's goodness and the way that God gives to me. But there are times when that falls through, not God's goodness falls through, but when the circumstances 
uh, that I would prefer, you know, fall through. Mm-hmm. You know, those have been those have been profi- profound moments of, of character shaping. Yeah. So whether you know it's in in the the giving and the taking away, the key thing there is is the character shaping. I, I am so grateful uh, to to God, and I want to make sure that that all of the blessings that I receive, that I don't feel I've received those because I'm entitled to because of some principle of sowing and reaping. Mm. I, you know, I, you know, I, w- while I think there are valid elements to those principles and I, uh, you know, yet uh, I, I take that as God blessing me beyond what I warrant, mm. you know, and I'm thankful I allow that to shape a sense of gratitude in me for those things. But not that not because I'm entitled mm. to those things, and and yet you know, and the, at the same time, uh, times have loss of loss have, you know, I would suggest because of because of the dysfunctionality of my nature have mm. been really almost more mm. important. So how we respond when the bad things happen and we don't feel like we're getting the prosperity that we were entitled to, our response to that mm. is is the thing that. God really wants to build yeah. into us. It's how do we respond to it? How do we view it? Yeah, we could we could just go ah, oh, you know, God. You, well, we could become angry about it or yeah. doubting God mm. and and walking away from Him. Or we 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 could even place all our hope in the sense that God's going to fix the situation. You know, bad things happen, but I trust you, God, and you're going to fix it. And He doesn't fix it. Or the another response is just accepting the bad and allowing yourself to be whatever you want, God, whatever you will. Mm. Well, he he is going to fix it, just not yet. Yeah. And 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 he's, I mean, he's fixing us in our character. Mm. That's the key thing, you know. The way that I put it before, whatever situation you're in. And whatever whatever your circumstances, understand that you are the project. Yeah. You are the project. It's what it's what you become in that circumstance that is God's priority. Yeah. And God wants to form in you faith, hope, and love, the three key virtues. And let's not forget that hope is grounded in this idea that things aren't the way that they're meant to be right now. We're not meant to like things as they are now. Hope has this future orientation. It is the the anticipation, the earnest joyful anticipation of what God is going to bring about. Paul says in Romans chapter 5 that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance which produces character, which produces hope. Yeah. There's the there's the sequence, you know, the perseverance, character and hope. And you know, hope comes from that sense that this isn't right the mm-hmm. way that we you know, mm-hmm. we're not meant to do not love this world, John says. Mm-hmm. Uh, this world system. And I think that's the that's the key that key character element here that is really important. And and I think to 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 finish, I think it's important that we're that we are reminded that we can expect that yes, God you will experience God's goodness constantly in in your life because God is good and he loves to bless his children gives us more than what we need you know he he often gives us the desires of our heart but he is focused on character he doesn't want to spoil his kids he, he's focused on our character and our purpose i think that's the summary of, of of today's to remember that we are in this we are in this moment we're on mission 
and it's all about that mission and we exercise that mission uh, through who we are. It's it's our character in the midst of this world, in the midst of an unstable world, uh, a world of chaos, and we can be expected to be reminded of that instability and that chaos. But in the midst of that, God is forming character. He wants us to be able to have peace and joy despite our circumstances. It's not dependent on our circumstances. And he wants us to to be embedded in him in trust uh, through all things. And and so that's that's the key moment. I think as as we close, I would remind our listeners again, whatever circumstance you're in, understand that you are the project here. It's we can be so fixated on our little heaven building project, you know. Uh, no no it's purpose. If you're going to focus on anything that's happening around you, focus on on God's purpose, what he's wanting to do in your circumstance. But understand a key aspect of that is the development of your character. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Our hope is that these discussions will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective. You'll find all our resources at the Thrive Today website, thrivetoday.tv. If there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please email us. Our email is contact at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, our prayer is that you will thrive.